not aware of what the song list would be, but it seems God always lines everything up, doesn't he? And uh, I want to talk to you just for a few moments uh, on hope, because today there are people without hope. There are others who have false hope, but I want us to understand that there is true hope that we can have. There's true hope that we can depend on. Amen? Timothy chapter 2, verse I'm sorry, I said Timothy, Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that as we step into this word this morning that, God, you will help us to grab a hold of, of your true hope. God, that you help us to identify things that are in our life that would cause us to have false hope. And, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has lost their hope, I pray that today they will find you, the risen Savior, as their ultimate hope. In Jesus' name, amen amen. Amen. You know, although faith and hope are closely linked together, they really should be clearly distinguished. There should be an understanding of the clear distinction between faith and hope. Faith has a work to perform today. In other words, I have to exert faith today. Amen? Somebody had to exert faith to get out of bed this morning, right? Somebody had to exert faith to know that I'm coming uh, to be in the house of the Lord today. By faith, I know that I will meet him in this place today. How many are looking forward to meeting him? Amen. I don't know about you, but I've already met him this morning. What a joy to worship together. Praise God. Praise God. Faith is a work that we perform today. Hope cheers faith on. Amen. Hope cheers faith along the way and points to the service or points to uh, the rewards of the service that we, uh, that we are part of. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, right? Romans chapter, um, Romans chapter 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I knew it. Come on, brother. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Hope comes by experience. Hope comes by experience. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 says, And not only this, but, but we also exult in tribulations knowing I like to circle that word knowing. Knowing that tribulation brings perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope. Come on. And not, I love verse 5 says, and hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given us. Faith accepts Faith accepts the gift of promise, but hope confidently expects the fulfillment of that promise. In other words, I believe that God has given a promise to me, and by faith I receive that promise. But I have a hope that one day, confidently, that, that, that promise will be fulfilled. Amen? How many is hanging on to a promise this morning? Amen? You might be hanging on to a promise that your family will be saved. You might be hanging on to a promise that, that God will deliver you from something. You might be hanging on to a promise that God has said, I will give you, I will provide for you. And hope says, I am confidently waiting on that promise to be fulfilled because I know that my God 
who has spoken the worlds into existence does not lie. And if he has promised this, he will fulfill his promise. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm still a, a little um, time warped. <laughs> um, I, I, we got in a little after midnight Friday night, and it was a two hours difference, and I couldn't go to sleep till about four o'clock in the morning. And I, I, I said, I got to get up and get going because I got to get my biological clock back in order. So I'm still a little bit uh, confused, but uh, we're going to get this thing, right? The Word of God says a whole lot about hope, but never does it use the term hope for uncertainty or doubt, right? I mean, to say it this way, to, to use, it's wrong to use the scriptural term of hope to say, I hope I'm a Christian, right? I mean, the, the, it's, it's like saying, well, I hope I'm an American, right? As my son, one of my sons says, I'm from America. I said, boy, you are from the south of America. <laughs> I'm thankful that I'm from America. I don't hope that I'm an American. Look, I was born, raised right here in this good old south in the Bible Belt. I know that I know that I know. There's nothing that can deny this accent is from America. <laughs> and from the southern part of America, right? It ain't, it ain't getting any better than this, boys. <laughs> but to say, I hope I'm a Christian is like saying, I hope I'm an American. We have to know, right? I mean, I don't say, I don't hope for something that I already know. I don't hope for something that I know is true. Look, you either know or you don't know that you're a Christian, right? And my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, I'll dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Because it's on Christ, the solid rock, that I stand. Amen? All else is sinking ground. Sinking ground. Amen? I stand on him. I know that I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know that I'm a child of the king. I don't hope for that. I know that. Amen? But I want us to look at a couple of examples. There are three different classes of, in the world today in respect to relationship of hope. There are those who have no hope. There are those who have false hope. And there are those who have true hope. What does it look like to have no hope? According to Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 12, it says, it says this. Therefore, remember that, the form, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision... By the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. Excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Having no hope without God in the world. Come on. Having no hope without God in the world. According to the word of God, we're seeing that. That, that there, there are those today who are described at having no hope because they do not, they do not believe in God, right? Well, you might think that there are many people without hope. The reality is, is there's a lot of people with hope. There's a lot of people who have put their hope in something. Hope is essential for the human soul. It, as just as faith is 
essential for our society. A, a life without hope becomes an unendurable misery, a burden too grievous for us to bear. We have to have hope. Hope is what gets us up in the morning. Hope is what helps us to recognize, I've got another day. Hope gives us the energy and the ability to be able to be overcomers, right? Because we know that I may be this way today, but I know that there's something better for me, and I'm hoping for something greater, amen? You can have somebody locked up, uh, even without fault, in a prison cell, and it is the hope that gets them through every day. I know that on this day, on this hour, I'm going to be released. I have hope of getting out of this place, amen? And so hope gets us through even in our spiritual prisons that we find ourselves, amen? Amen. Woo, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> a life without hope becomes an unendurable misery. But God himself recognized the necessity of hope for the human soul. Think about this. I mean, Adam and Eve, when they had sinned, they had lost their hope. They think, look, I was in the cool of the day talking with God, and all of a sudden, I made this decision. I took the decision to, to, to not follow his word, and it put separation between us. They lost their hope. But God, understanding that men and women need a hope, he did something in Genesis 3, 3 and 15. And, and this is what Genesis 3 and 15 says. It says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall crush your, uh, uh, on your head and you shall bruise him on the heel. In other words, what he says, look, I've got a savior that's going to come. I've got, a, I've got a promise that I'm making to you right now that one day, though you might be bruised, though you might be battered, though you might feel the pain of this world because of your choice, the sin you have made, I've got a Savior that's coming. He will crush the enemy's head. You might be bruised, but you're going to crush his head. That is the promise that we have, and that is the hope of glory that we can hang on to, that this is not the end. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, we see this that Paul's saying there in Ephesians chapter 2 that, that those who have no hope are being without God. Ever since the or, origin of man, man has put his hope in either, they've put their hope in something. I mean, you can go into the midst of the jungles and you can find uh, them placing their hope in something of a Savior. It might be a misplaced hope, right? But they've put their hope in something. I, I can go down into the Mayans, the Mayan ruins, whether it be in um, Honduras or whether it be in Guatemala or Mexico, and you can see that they have built altars to the jaguar god or they've built altars to the macaws. And, and so they have put their hope in something. Man has to have a hope, right? Amen? <laughs> I mean, think about this. Even the atheists have placed themselves as God. And so they may not say, well, I don't believe in God. But the reality is, is they probably do believe in God. They just have made themselves God, right? They've made themselves uh, the all-sufficient one. They've placed themselves on the perpetual throne of their life. And therefore, they're living out a hope of themselves. God help them, right? However, we have to admit that there are still those who are distraught. There are still those who feel weak and who feel, uh, who feel helpless and feel hopeless and therefore because of their hope without God they are desperate. How many have met somebody desperate? I mean if you look in these times right now just over the last 12 to 15 months 
The, the suicide rate itself has skyrocketed. People feel hopeless. People feel like they're unloved. They feel like, you know, what they're lost. They've been isolated. They've been holed up in, in, in without uh, community, without relationships. And, and that is a part of our hope is having relationships, an ultimate relationship with God. And because they feel helpless and because they feel hopeless, they've given up. And therefore, they have no hope. One of the first funerals that I ever did in Honduras was a man who committed suicide. He was an elderly gentleman who, who had found out that he was terminally ill and, and did not want the burden to be on his family, so he committed suicide. What a shame. What he didn't realize is how much his family cared for him, how much his family loved him, and how much they were willing to walk with him through whatever journey he took. So many people, whether it be young or whether it be old, Hopelessness is not a good feeling. Hopelessness is a place that will break you, a place that, that will give you a, a sense of tragedy. I mean, reality is, is that in these last several months, one of the major causes of death among teenagers is suicide. It's terrible. And guess what? We're the bearers of hope. Right? We have the message to give. We have the words of life in us. We have the words of transformation. We have the words of Jeremiah 29. It says, I know the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord. Think about that. They're walking around without hope because they're wondering what's next. Lifeless because I don't have a plan. I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know what to do with my life. And hear the word of God says, I know the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord. God has a plan. We have the words of hope. And yet, and yet there's a world out there that's hopeless that needs to hear the truth. Amen, Pastor Paul. But what a terrible thing for a young or old person to walk around without hope. But there's also the false hope. Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 27 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does, will, uh, does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Verse 22, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, did we not cast out demons? In your name, perform many miracles? And then he will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or workers of iniquity. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and it was and it and a great was its fall. See, there sadly is that there are those who are walking around with false hope. And and I believe that those who walk around in false hope are worse off than those who walk around with no hope. They're not found. I mean, look, these, these folks who are walking around with false hope are not just found in some dark corner of Africa. They're not found in just the jungles of, 
of, of Honduras or South America, but they're found just right here in our communities, people with false hope, people who are relying on something that will give them hope that is not true hope. A man who finds himself hopeless actually may be able to accept true hope. A man who finds himself that uh, in a place, in a position that they feel like, I don't have anything left, may be able to say, I, I can grab a hold of that. Or I, you, that lifeline could give me the, the one strength that I need to overcome. But somebody who has false hope is like a cup. We, we, we walk around saying, fill my cup, Lord. Lord, fill it up, Lord. Right? Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. And we walk around saying, God, fill me up. And yet we're so full of other things, God can only put a drop in. Until we get to a place where we realize that, that, that we have relied on everything but God, we can't allow God to step into the situation. We walk around with our cup full of everything in the world. We walk around with the, the hope of, well, I've got, I've got a little money saved up so if something happens. Come on. We've got our hope built on, well, I've still got the energy to accomplish this. Or I still can go out and do this or that. And yet, the reality is, is until we truly say, God, I can't do anything without you, right? I don't, I don't have anything without you. I mean, look, in one moment, yeah, Amen. In one moment, it takes one moment of health to fail. One moment for a, an economy to crash. One moment for a storm to come in and blow down everything in your path. One moment can cause you from, from the hope that you had to walk around with nothing. And we, we've built our lives on this false hope that, well, we live in America. We're Americans. Right? Everything's going to be good for us. Our governor take care of us. I mean, I don't know how many trillions of dollars of debt we are in right now, but I mean, I don't know how much we can depend on the government to take care of us. The only hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. That's the only hope we have. And we literally have to, and honestly, I think we have to go before the Lord and say, God, I repent of my false hope. God, forgive me for depending on myself. Forgive me for depending on my job. Forgive me for depending on my country to get me through because it is only you. Look, I'm thankful to be an American. I'm thankful, but my hope is in Christ Jesus. Amen. I mean, look, there are, there are so many people who have built their hope on their own self-sufficiency until, until the times are tested, right? Everybody, whoa, I can do this, and then smack, something hits them right in the face, and all of a sudden, all of their hope just goes out their toes because they don't have hope anymore. Those who have false hope not built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ are like those, uh, like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Amen. 
The winds will come. Let me tell you, in this world, you will have tribulations. In this world, you will have trials. That is the promise of God. But guess what? Here's the finished part of that. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen? And so, therefore, our hope is in the overcomer of all of that. The hope is in the overcomer of the one who has transformed our life, who has made a way where there was no way. The drunkard who thinks that he can quit just like that say, well, I, I can quit anytime I want to. Yeah, man. That's false hope, right? I mean, the, the addict who thinks that they can escape their problems with just one more high. That's false hope. The thief who thinks that he can steal without consequence, that is false hope. The church member who thinks, well, I've given this much or I've done this, and that's going to get me to heaven, that's false hope. The rebellious child who disobeys his parents and thinks that, they're gonna, that they've, got, they've got away with it, that's false hope. Come on. The husband or wife who is unfaithful and thinks that they've covered it up to get away with it. Guess what? That's false hope. There are also those who believe in religions without Christ Jesus. It's false hope. Because Jesus is the only way. Amen? I've walked into jungle communities where they have put bracelets on their baby's arms and say, well, this is the protection from the enemy. I've watched, I've watched them make spices and oils and put it in their purse as a protection, and yet they'll go to church with that same purse and that oil in their purse thinking, well, this is going to protect me. I tell them, look, Jesus plus that is still false hope. Because it is only through Jesus Christ. You can't mix Jesus and something else. He's the only way. The only truth and the only life. It is only Jesus Christ that gives us the hope of glory. It is only Jesus Christ that brings salvation. It is not through anything else. Everything else is sinking sand. Amen? I mean, look. You can look at the prophet Eli in the word of God and his sons thought that they would be saved because they were born into a righteous family, right? They were born into a good family. But guess what? It doesn't matter what your family markings is. It doesn't matter how much your grandmother served or how much your mother served. It doesn't matter of any of that. You could have the best last name in the whole county, but it is only as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior that is the only way that you will find your way into heaven. Amen. Even wisdom is not found upon the fear, is not founded Upon the fear of God, it, wisdom that is not founded upon the fear of God is vanity and it is vexation of the spirit. We've got to have Jesus. Look, there are some people, even to the end, they, they're just clinging for one more moment of having their foot in the heaven and having foot in the world. You can't have it both ways. It's, you, you're either in or you're out. Either I'm trusting and believing God, or I don't. I mean, there's too many people who think, well, I know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that last moment. God's going, I know God will give me one more chance. He loves me enough. He'll just give me one more chance. We're not promised that. We're not promised another day. Great friend of mine. Great friend. Pastor Kevin. Pastored down in Florida. The largest church of God in Florida. Kevin Harris. One moment was talking to his family. I mean, this is a guy 52 years old. Dynamic man of God. Two grandchildren. Posted pictures of those babies every day. What a blessing. But just like that, a heart attack happened. He dropped down in that one seat. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But what is our hope in? What is our trust in? Do we truly rely on the Lord Jesus Christ? Is our hope built on the next fad that happens in the church? Is our hope built on just, well, I attend every Sunday? Or is our hope truly built on a relationship that is so profound that if God says it, we just do it? Is our hope truly founded on knowing that He is our Lord and our Savior. Look, there's so many that walk around that think they have everything. When it comes down to it, that's what their hope is in. Walking through those streets and those communities helps me. Look, I go back, yes, to absolutely touch people in Honduras. I go back because I love the experience of being able to help somebody who's really in need. But you know what? Honestly, there's another side of that. Is I go back because I want to remember where I came from. I don't want to forget that all of my stuff is nothing without Jesus Christ. All that I have. I just want to know that I'm all in with him. And if he says get rid of it all, I can do it. Amen. Because the rich young ruler walked away sad. Because his hope was built on his stuff. Oh, he had given to a lot of people. Right? Jesus said, hey, you know, feed the poor, do all that. He, oh, I've, he says, I've done all that. He said, go and sell all you have. And then come and follow me. And he walked away sad. The question is this. I mean, it really, it really fits. If Jesus asked you to sell all you had, could you do it? If Jesus said, I want you to go here or there, but it's going to require you to get rid of everything, could you do it? Abraham had to pick up everything and go. And God says, leave Ur of Chaldees. Over and over again, God spoke to different ones to leave and go. I think that's a test of 
Do we, what is our hope in? I'm closing, guys. I'm closing. Somebody's crock pot's boiling. <laughs> what is true hope? What is true hope as it pertains to our salvation? Titus chapter 2, I'm going to read a little bit. Titus chapter 2, starting with verse 13, says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Verse 15, these things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. How many know that back when these things were written, there wasn't chapter and verses so in other words, it goes on into chapter 3. It says, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and in envy, hateful hating one another. But when the kindness of our God and our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in, in righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen? Amen? What displays that hope in us? What shows that we are walking in true hope? Well, I think the first part of chapter 3 helps us to realize that we are living out the hope of God. To not, to, malign, to not malign anyone, to be subject to rulers' authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to be peaceful, gentle, showing every consideration of all men. It explains, look, we were all once haters. We were all once evil. There's no one in this room that can say... Oh, that was never me. I never was a bad person. Because even your goodness was bad in comparison to the righteousness of Christ Jesus. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are in need of a Savior. That's why we say everybody needs Jesus. Because we all need Him. The question is, is where do you find yourself and your hope? Have you depended 
on false hope? Have you depended on your own abilities? Have you depended on maybe self-righteousness? Have you depended on, well, I read my Bible every day. Do you truly trust Him? Do you truly, completely believe that He's got you? Even when it doesn't look good. Even in the bad reports. Even when life is not on the mountaintop. Is your hope still in Him? Can you say that I believe Him no matter what? I believe His promise no matter what. Last year in March, I came back from Honduras. And it, it was the, that first Sunday when everything locked down. I think there might have been 40 people here. And I remember speaking about a little lady named Alice. And as I walked in her house and was giving her a bag of food and, and was communicating with her, she rocked the world of those Lee University students that sat in her room as she declared her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And ultimately, the, the, the thing that blew me away, she says, I prove God faithful. I prove God faithful. My question is, is that when life really gets hard, do you prove him faithful? That prove is to test. I, I, I did a little welding back in high school. Uh, I didn't like it because my dad had a, a building about two times longer than this building and he did steel. He said, oh, you're learning to weld. Yeah, yeah, okay. Had a train track running down the middle of it. It was an old train depot that shut down. He says, I'm going to get you some tread plate, and I want you to weld that all the way down. I'm like, what? Have you ever tested a weld, put it under pressure to see if it has porosity in it, to see if it'll break? I, I wasn't a good welder. But our faith is like the weld. If it's mixed with air and other things, when it comes under pressure, it'll break. Some of you may have been broken over this last year, but you're still standing. Amen? Amen. Some of you have had a hard time. And you've felt hopeless a few times. Some of you have realized that your hope was placed in something it shouldn't have. And maybe that's where you still are. But this morning, I invite you to turn to the one who can give you eternal hope. Turn to the one who, in spite of all the world's circumstances, because the Bible says that 
that this world will pass away, right? And if we're grasping to things that are, that are natural, things that we can hold on to for our balance, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But you can hold on to something that's unshakable. You can hold on to something that will stand forever and ever and ever. And that is Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. This morning, if you say, Pastor, my faith has been shaken. How many would say, my faith has been shaken? My hope has been disrupted. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's real. We've had children to literally struggle and try to commit suicide. We've had children who've completely just lost their way during this time. We ourselves have been overcome by fear. We've been overcome by doubt. We've, we've been shaken. I mean, it's okay. I raised my hand. You think about a pastor. I mean, Lord, I felt I was under the greatest attack. And I love every one of you, but y'all made it hard at times. Yeah. I can't believe they're not wearing masks. I can't believe you're making them wear a mask. I can't believe. Oh, dear Lord. I want to go hide under a rock. I mean, it was difficult. Had some people leave, some people come. It was difficult. But I pray that as we move forward, that we'll refocus what our hope is in. It's not in how many have showed up for church. It's not, did they sing my right song or not? It's not, did the air condition work good or not? Or is it too cold or too hot? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I will not trust in the sweetest frame, but I will wholly lean on Jesus' name. Amen. I would be failing you if I didn't make it available. But this morning you say, Pastor, I'm still in a rut and I need help. Would you be willing to say, that's me, Pastor. I'm still struggling. I know who my hope is in, but I'm still struggling. I need my faith to be built up. Amen. Well, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's a whole lot of us. Can we stand right where we are? Those who are standing around, the ones who raise their hand, would you would you just step in right now and touch them on the shoulder and believe with me right now? Father, I thank you, God that you are our living hope. I thank you, God, that you are our peace that passes understanding. I thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. I thank you, God, Lord, that, that we are blessed. I'm thankful for the things that we have. I'm thankful for living in the greatest country in the world. I'm thankful for all the benefits that I receive of living in this country. But Lord, I pray that my hope will be found not 
in the benefits that I receive or what's in the bank account. But God, that my hope will be found in you alone. That my trust will be that you are my Savior. And the confidence I have in knowing that no matter what happens in this world, that my relationship with you is unshaken. Knowing that, <laughs> that you love me. And Lord, that I love you. God, I thank you for these who've raised their hands. I pray that you will be with them, that you'll encourage them, that you'll help them along this, this journey. And Lord, though it's been difficult, though it is, it's still difficult for many, I pray that your hand of mercy will reach in right where they are, whether it be in their home, whether it be right here in this room, that you'll reach out and touch them this morning. That they will sense and know, God, that you are with them. And that you will be with them until the end. God, may we as the body of Christ reach out and encourage. May we be the bearers of hope. Because we have your word, the word of hope. Lord, let us spread that word. Let us transform our community. Let us see the heaviness and darkness lifted in the light of your life shine through every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen. Love you guys. May your day be bright. May the Spirit of the Lord shine through you. May you walk in the hope of glory. In Jesus' name, amen.